This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right, y'all. This is one of those Breaking Normal intros to the Breaking Normal podcast where I have a past guest that's been on the show multiple times introing the new guest for the first time. The new guest is Mike Sherbikoff. He's right on the right around the corner of this intro. The the past guest that's also my new guest yeah, because she's changing and growing every day is my queen bee named Deanna Eisenman. And we recently celebrated our seven-year meeting seven years ago, September 28th, 2012. This queen came from Denmark to a Rob Ross retreat. In Albany, Ooh. New York, and then that was life. and Been then wild, we so. got <laughs> married. Six months later, I proposed to her on April Fool's Day in Orange County, and now we're here in San. And we got married the next day, April second. We young and foolish. <laughs> and now we're wise and wild. <laughs> Speaking of wild, one of the reasons I want to have this girl on the podcast is because one of my um, the the most trusted brand i'm looking at the back of the duracell box the number one trusted brand of the partnership with the breaking normal podcast so far has been a cbd company from one farm in paonia colorado one farm meaning they get all their hemp from one farmer who uses all kinds of biodynamic practices including biannual beats that one's just still like ra- I, I keep picturing a hemp plant with headphones on listening to biannual beats i'm not exactly sure how they do it but they definitely take care of their plants, and we met Rhett. He's been one of the guests. Check it out. Get your heart on. Turn your job into a joy, joy of being. That's the name of the episode. And why today's plug for their uh, partnership with us is extra special is because they have officially sent us the new women's line. I'm not sure what they're calling it. Are they calling it the hormone line or the moon cycle line or what's going on here? Think whatever what I I remember seeing on the package was that it's natural. Natural, it's natural. Well, well it's, not that this is, but like you know, like having your the, period. Is the cycle is yeah, natural. Yeah, the cycle is. Before we uh, talk about this product to partner with your period, what is it? What is a period, Deanna? Are we going into that? One? Real quickly, <laughs> what, like let's say like your twelve-year-old son asked you. What's your a period? ovaries are shedding, I guess not yours, but mine, an egg that has not been fertilized, and you bleed it out. I bleed it out, not you, not to you, you on you. And Have you made a, a podcast about the you, you, the we, truth we, tense? We? Well, it's basically because otherwise people might just think, what is this chick talking about? The truth tense is basically accurately reporting what's happening for oneself rather than relying on projection and speaking in the tense that you want to live in. So if you're ready to let go of a pattern that's no longer serving you, you would put that in the past tense because it is. Because when I say you and when you bleed, obviously I say you, but that's not true. Dan is not going to be bleeding, so I can't really you you, but it's such a normal thing and we do the bobblehead and agree and... I mean, that's really a whole podcast in and of itself, but for the sake of this, I, women, bleed the egg that has not been fertilized and turn into a baby, and sometimes women have a lot of cramps and discomfort, which is not normal. I will just, I will leave it at that. It is, we're not supposed to be in pain during that time, um, but they have some really, a really awesome line coming out, or that came out, and just looking at the ingredients, I'm so stoked about this because of how clean it is. I've seen several, there's both a topical thing here, so like when shit hits the fan and it's like, it's just, you know, 
it's bad. There, there's like good stuff in here. I'll be really, I am not wishing cramps upon myself, but you know, I'll be curious to try them even when I feel good. <laughs> well, we are approaching that time of the moon cycle pretty soon, if I had to guess. So this is a bit of a beforehand check-in because you there haven't really used it for your period yet, but no. you have used they're just straight hemp with MCT yes, oil. Yes, and I really like that. So this is uh, the plug for Ned. If you're, I know CBD is such a hot topic lately, and there's probably so much confusion and information and so around it. So many brands. The good thing about this brand is they're getting their hemp from one responsible farm in Colorado. It's not being sourced from all over the world the cheapest way they can get it. I will say one one way to really, regardless if it's hemp or it's any other product, if you want to look at how a company is doing, you might find one product and be like, oh, that's really good. But look at the other products that this company is promoting or doing anything with because there's oftentimes they have like one, they have one good product and the rest is just full of fillers and preservatives and all kinds of weird things. And... I feel like, at least for Ned, all of them are pure and clean. And so, to me, that's really important that the whole line is... I totally agree with that. Because when I see a brand that, like, I've eaten, say, their, their salt chips, like their salt yeah. chips, and it's just like cassava flour, lime, and salt. I'm like, whoa, pretty cool. But then I look at another one of their chips, and it's like yeah. naturally flavored, flavor natural, this... Uh, with some, other natural yeah, flavors. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So this brand is selling this product. That does kind of... It's an indication of how yeah, integral, I believe, that brand is. Yeah, they're trying to cater to the health trend, but on Are a they deeper really? level, maybe they're more about money and cutting corners and, and making... Yeah. So And you haven't heard Deanna or I promote many brands over the many years that, that we've been doing reason. this because I don't really I I haven't found many brands that are with integrity with my integrity. But dang, Ned, keep at it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm first of all I ran out of C B D so it's time for a refill of someone. <laughs> Can we get a new shipment of that? And then second of all, this new line for the women, I think this is a brilliant idea. And seeing Deanna in pain over the years and then seeing her maybe feeling alleviated from the hemp alone. I and the hemp and MCT. It went away for me after having Davina though. Oh, it's less. But then I've noticed that there's once in a while, and like I said, it it has to do with some energetic things as well. But again, that's a whole different podcast. Well, we'll check in and with her. And in the her. meantime, this is this is awesome. We'll check in with her about this after her next. What do you call it? Period. Moon. Moon cycle. Moon cycle. So this is the before, and we'll check in with her after. And what a Fun way to introduce our next guest, Mike Sherbikoff. I know. A little period talk for whatever I reason. I don't know much about Mike, but I will say I, a lot of people say a lot of good things about him. Mike's the man. Yeah, we I talked. Uh, we, I mean, th- as a theme of the podcast, th- tell me how this lands on you. We were talking about this idea from Dean Paskowitz, how man's biggest problem used to be having too much food. I mean, not enough food. And now man's biggest problem is having too much food. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we have evolved from that situation where man's biggest problem used to be not having enough information like their Mm -hmm. information was geographically isolated yeah and now man's biggest problem is having too much information yeah would you resonate with that yes that was a big part of the podcast and basically the art of doing great three great things and the enlightenment of travel Mm -hmm. so hold on to your horses and uh, get ready for a wild ride with mike sherbikoff deanna thank you for being a special guest and maybe we'll get you on an official episode if you want to see deanna on an official episode post moon cycle maybe we can catch you right in the midst of it (laughs) And then we can rub the stuff on your belly and see how it goes. 
good, good in, intel in the moment. Um, on that note, if you're looking to get the, I think the women's line is out now. Mm-hmm. The CBD is definitely out with the MCT oil and their other body butter, which I would recommend for your massages. Go to get a good deal at helloned.com slash breaking normal. Put breaking normal in the code. You get 15% off your first order and you will support this partnership continuing because there seems to be a real synergy between breaking normal and Ned. Thank y'all, Ned. Thank you, Deanna. Anything mm-hmm. else to say before we send people off with Mike? No, I think they should just get to the podcast by now. Get to it. Get to it. Good to it. What speed do you listen to these podcasts? Let me know um, by leaving a comment in the iTunes reviews, which is also supportive to this Breaking Normal mission. Much love, y'all. All right, y'all. I'm here in Encinitas, California with Mike Sherbikoff from the Greatness Collective. And, uh, yeah, it's like walking down a memory lane here with him being here and, I think, remembering an awesome future of how we're going to figure out how to create this together. And as an intro today, uh, Mike has kindly accepted my offer of (laughs) the idea of playing the Breaking Normal game for about five to ten minutes as an intro and uh it's a really fun thing it's if you, it's there's currently a minimal viable product on the apple store if you have an iphone and i definitely encourage everyone listening if you have um access to that to play the game with family and friends to see if you can deepen the connection in a, even a shorter period of time how are you feeling about it? Are you I'm ready for this? I'm feeling great. I, I played this about a year ago, I think, for the first time with you. Where was Do you remember it? we were with was Naveen, that Naveen, Naveen yeah. Jane, and we had this group of 20 people. Yeah, that was right. Jumping in the middle, people dancing and singing and acting things out. So oh, That is one disclaimer. There is one question that uh, one of the constraints to communicate the answer is to embody it. So I guess we'll have to be extra creative, and you, the viewers, you'll get to watch the video at the website, breakinghormone.com slash podcast, um, where we'll just embody it in our seat because we are, have these headsets on. <laughs> All right. And yeah, Naveen Jain, actually, he was on the sh- podcast. We had an awesome show called The Power of Poop. Yeah. I highly well, encourage you all to check it out. All the, the microbiome stuff, huh? Yep. So we will press uh, begin, and yeah, you can just hold that. Here you go. And ask Mike what's his moonshot and to sing it. Speaking of Naveen Jane. My moonshot is to go to the moon to get on a rocket ship and fly into space and land on the moon and jump really high. <laughs> oh yes, that was good. That was good. If you had one wish, what would you wish for? Speak it. Well, obviously, I would wish for um, infinite wishes, and um, then that would open me back to the reality of where I'm at, and before that wish was even, before this idea was even granted to me. So I'm. I think I'm living my wish. I think I'm living my wish right now, and I think it's continuously going. <laughs> and it feels good to have so many wishes in front of me right now that I can make whenever I want. <laughs> Wishing for more wishes. I like it. Mike, Jesus or Buddha, sing it. <laughs> I'm getting all the singing ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jesus or Buddha to sing Jesus it. Jesus or Buddha. 
I don't know what to say about Jesus or Buddha because I think that they're both awesome. And if I had to, I'd ask them both to sit down with me and sing along to songs that don't rhyme. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Would you give to your younger self? Sing it. Oh, Daniel, you <laughs> want to keep on singing. You want to keep on bringing, bringing that light that shines through you. Bring it. Bring it in new ways every day. Bring it in new songs and every move. Bring it in everything you see and everything you hear. Just keep on bringing that music that wants to live through you. Do, do, do. <laughs> so we're going to be starting a band soon, for anyone that's what curious. Sing it. <laughs> wow, so there's another song. Wow. <clears throat> Don't you want to know what happens when we go? Some people think it happens fast. Some think it happens slow. And although... I can't tell you the answer right now. You will find out whenever it's your time. So go fast or go slow. We all must go. Pew. Daniel, what is your definition of happiness? Embody it. Daniel is looking at his hands. He's clenching his fists. He's stretching. He's doing some yoga. Mm. Moving the body. <sighs> Nicely done. Nicely done. Mike, when was the last time you cried and why? Sing it. Wow. <laughs> gotta get that singing algorithm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> The last time I cried, I was watching the movie Interstellar, which is my favorite movie. And there's a part in the movie where the main character goes down on a planet. And when he comes back, a lot of time has passed. And he sees his son grown up, and it makes him cry. And it made me cry. Well, maybe we'll make this the last one. Hope you get a singing Daniel. Ask any question to Mike in 10 seconds or less. Wow, that sounds like the start to the, pod, the official podcast there interview. Holy mackerel, y'all. So on brand. I think my question to you right now is the Greatness Collective. What's the formula for the Greatness Collective in your life? Just like your per – I, I, you may have seen the old Breaking Normal Cool Bus. On the back of it, I had what's most personal is most universal. And I'm curious – like so many people are seemingly seeing, um, supporting, being supported by the Greatness Collective. On the outside, it's obviously amazing. But as we were talking about before this podcast began, when I'm around you and my, a lot of my decisions are feeling based, it's like, oh, there's this guy's. He has he has a greatness formula, or he is the greatness formula, mm -hmm. and 
I'm curious what that might look like for you on the most personal level, maybe behind the scenes of what, what we're not seeing as the public. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question. I'd say the Greatness Collective is really simply an extension of my ethos, which is be, do, give. Be being the the best possible version of me that I can be, doing doing everything I possibly can with what I have, and give giving in the way that I feel like I'm meant to be here and give. And ultimately, that's why it was created. Was the the whole intention of Greatness Collective was create a community of people who are self-actualizing, who are doing that exact process. There, notice having is not in that. It's not be do have. It's not about being part of a community so we can collect a bunch of things. It's being part of a community and having other people that support you, that are helping you with your growth, that are helping you set and accomplish and stay accountable to habits, and then creating the type of impact that I feel like we're here to create. So it truly is. It's it's what I live on a daily, and our mutual friend Corey coined this term momently. I love it because we have monthly, we have weekly, we have daily, but we don't really have a term for how are we showing up in every moment. So he, he said momently, and I love that. So it's how I choose to show up momently and hopefully how everyone in our community is choosing to show up as well. That's that's the goal of the community. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that. And I love that simplified formula for greatness. Be, do, and give. Give. And wh- so today, for instance, how have you been great today in your mind? Because I believe you have. I mean, I've been hanging out with you for the last 30 minutes. I'm like, this guy's great. Thanks, brother. There's there's elements of, of all three of those pillars for me today. So when I talk about B, it's it's how am I choosing to show up today? So for me, you know, a very tangible uh, output of that would be certain habits I've created. So... You know, I have non-negotiables. That's a cold shower every morning, meditation, green juice, 100 push-ups, and journaling. It's just, I use an app called Streaks. I'm at 111 days in a row right now. Today's 111? It is the 111. Oh, yeah, one on one. There we go. All right. Come on. Come on. And, um, and these are things I've known to be important, and yet they're, you know, very creating very intentional disciplines around those things. And so... That is helping to dictate how I'm showing up. So that's there's the B element. And then for me, when I do the journaling and I get clear on my one thing, what's the most important thing for me to do today? And I'm doing that. You know, it's we're recording this in the afternoon, so all up until today, I've been focused on what I need to do the most. And then So the the one thing today was this recording in a way. This was the one thing you're saying that Right now, this is the one thing. Yeah. Right Prior now. to this, there were other one things. And as soon as I get that thing done, then what's the next highest priority and the next highest priority? So it's not just aimlessly checking things off of the list, but really intentionally thinking about what actually needs to get done and how do I do that right now? And on those push-ups, do you do them in a row or no. how, how do 100, you? 100 throughout the day. 100 throughout the day. Yeah. Okay. So that's, how does that t- typically look for you? I'm curious. Do you just like do it if you're like you're in the grocery store and you feel inspired or it's like 25 by lunch, 50 by the evening or like before surfing? Is there a ritual around that? On days that I know I'm working out and I'm going to the gym, I save them for the workout. And then typically we'll do these stations and in between the stations I'll crank out 25 or 30. 
on days that I know I'm not going to the gym, I like to crank out as many as I can early on, and that's typically you know 50 or 60, and then I know I'm more than halfway there, and then I finish it off with another 30 or 20, whatever it is. And there's definitely days where I end up doing way more, just because I'm feeling you know, feeling in a good flow. But what's what's really cool? There's this kind of byproduct, which is my son does them as well. So we have this nice. commitment where he's doing 100 push-ups every day. And in addition to that, whenever I'm traveling and doing them, I notice that anyone who's around sees me doing push-ups, they think, oh, I want to do it too. So now it kind of it creates this ripple effect, <laughs> and whoever I'm with ends up wanting to do push-ups. This is so synchronous because just the other day I was doing my ritual in the morning that includes around 60. It's a, like kind of more like the Wim Hof strategy of uh, on an out-breath, how many I can do with that time and it's usually around 60 and this guy was like hovering i could tell he's very interested in what i'm doing i was actually even doing a live facebook video on part of it and i thought maybe he was trying to figure that out but at the very end of it he was just like how many push-ups do you do <laughs> and like and that and then now here i am asking you and you're telling me how when you do them in public other people want to do it there's something attractive I, i'm definitely uh, an advocate of working out in public yeah I'm actually more of an advocate of working out when you feel like it. So if someone feels like it, and if you made a non-negotiable of doing 100, if that means doing it at the airport or the grocery store, like that's fine. Yeah. It <laughs> is actually fun to do it at the airport. It's fun to do it at lounges. It's, I'm trying to think of the most creative. On the beach, it is. I, I do notice that <clears throat> anytime there's people around, usually, majority of the time I would say, people will come up and say, can I join you? Or can I do some push-ups too? Yeah, sure, of course, of course you can. It's it's your body. <laughs> Jump in. That's awesome. They almost need permission, like because someone else talking about breaking normal, right? Someone someone's doing something out of the ordinary because it's not normal in an airport or just randomly on a beach to start doing push-ups. I also noticed this. I was at the beach a couple of days ago with friends doing handstands, and you know we're just messing around with handstands, and then all of a sudden people start looking and then you can kind of tell someone to get, and then some get up. And if you're there kind of long enough, it's like that video on YouTube with the dancer, he's the leader and he's dancing, dancing. And then finally someone else gets up. And then in a few minutes, the entire, you know, the festival is dancing from this one guy that started, but it, it kind of gives people permission. They see someone else doing it and they go, okay. And there's, there's this obvious like contagiousness to it in a way. It's arguably contagious from what it looks like. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm, I, I haven't, we're thinking in real time right now, I haven't really given a lot of thought to this. I, I wonder if it's more so people wanting to do that and just needing the permission and instead of them seeing something going, oh, okay, well, I want to do that too. Maybe they've, they've wanted to, but they're just waiting for someone to give them permission. Yeah, this is very at the roots of what I believe. And I've brought this book up for a reason, but what this guy's about on the cover of Breaking Normal with the self-imposed prison, there's a time it seems like children are doing exactly what they want, whenever they want. And then at some, at some point they become adults, and then they start looking for this permission slip sometimes. And I'm glad to know that you're given the permission slip to push-ups <laughs> and much more. Actually, really given the permission slip to... Uh, give, for instance. I know uh, Brad, when he was on the show, uh, he mentioned the house builds that y'all are doing in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been a part of one yet. But what I can see is like you're giving me a permission slip to be like, oh, I want to go to, I might want to go to Mexico and do this. Like this looks fun. This looks cool. This looks supportive. This looks important. It looks fulfilling. 
so I also want to affirm you and your gift to make uh, philanthropy and giving uh, contagious. Thank you, brother. Yeah. You know, and on that note, the connection between push-ups, handstands, and the house builds that we do. You know, we've we've been going for seven years now, every three months. And it's a good problem to have. Now, you know, we're we're sold out a year in advance. It's a great problem to have. And what I'm noticing is it's giving people permission. I think people really want to give. I think, you know, we say that there's only one requirement to be part of our community, and that's you have to be passionate about making a difference. So I think there's no shortage of people in the world that, that are passionate about making a difference, that want to make a difference. There's usually two elements that are probably holding them back. One is the permission, whether it's permission from someone else that they feel like they need or permission from themselves. And then the second is the barrier to entry. I know a lot of people that are saying, well, I want to wait until a certain point in my life or until I make X amount of money and until I start giving, until philanthropy becomes a big part of my life. But with these house builds, you know, it was so impactful for me years and years ago that I want to create that same experience for people. The fact that all you have to do is you show up on a Friday at 7 a.m. and everything's taken care of. And in two and a half days, we're building two homes for families that are living on dirt, sticks for walls, tarp for a roof. And so in terms of the the barrier to entry, it is so low, right? We You have permission. And now they've seen all these. We've taken you know, thousands of people down at this point. So now they've seen people do it. It's like someone doing a handstand on the beach. They go, oh, I've seen someone else do it. I, I can do that. And, oh, it's so easy. All I need to do is show up on a Friday morning, and I, I don't have to worry about anything, food, lodging, combinations, anything. I just show up. Like, yes, it's that easy. And then what what's cool about it, Daniel, is <clears throat> if someone joins on a beach and they start doing handstands, they kind of – now they're they're they've dropped their guard and they maybe the next time they're on their own they're the ones that initiate a handstand they go okay i guess it's not that weird to do a handstand on my own and now they're going to be the leader of the handstand you know the next time they're on the beach just like that what i love seeing this is the most inspiring part of what i get to what i'm blessed to do is we've had people that come on these kinds of projects and then they realize wow I, i can do this and then they go and lead groups down and we're starting to see that ripple effect happen where now you know, hundreds of homes are being built because people go, oh, I, I can do this. And now I can give other people permission to do it. So we're kind of, through our actions, creating other leaders, which that's the most exciting part for me. Yeah, I can I can so resonate with that. Um, what I'm thinking about is that even for someone that's like, oh, all right, cool, I want to do this. I want to join them on one of these adventures. What would be um, a personal result that you've seen many people experience from that other than what you said that maybe they're like oh wow i can do this myself is there a typical like shift in perspective beyond that or other than that that you've noticed i'd be curious because i've I've been i was thinking about that for my retreats recently like what's the golden thread of results so i'm curious about this because it seems like you've had a while to see the pattern of people go through this process yeah massively I mean, there's there's the less tangible results that I notice on a human level. I see someone's sense of confidence. I see their sense of fulfillment. I see their their level of content, just who they are. I see how that shifts, because I was I've been there at that point in my life, climbing the mountain of what I need to have. Right. I, I share this story pretty publicly that the first time I was invited on a house build. At that point in my life, I had, I was in the Marines for five years. I had graduated from college. I had 
you know, I was raising my son. I had a business that was doing really well. So it was kind of check, check, check. All these things were great. Something felt off. And I came back from that house build two and a half days later. And I go, oh, that's what life's about. I mean, that's why we say at Greatness Collective, we say greatness isn't what you have. It's what you give. So I realized the very the subtle internal shifts that happen, the, the sense of fulfillment that people have. And then what that turns into as a byproduct and in a more tangible sense, I see people wake up. I see people leave unfulfilling relationships. I see people leave unfulfilling jobs. I see them really start to question what is their purpose, what are they here to do, and step more into alignment with that. I mean, um, if a friend of mine, Deb, you know, I've asked her if it's okay to share this story, and she says absolutely. But you know, she she's been part of the community for a long time. She's a successful attorney. You know, was top of the top of the mountain in her world there and was always passionate about this other nonprofit called Women Wonder Writers that you know w is building resiliency in teens. And she never was giving it really the effort she needed because she had this mindset, well, I have to, you know, I've put so much time and effort and I've built up my credibility and, and resume as an attorney and this a really great one as a prosecutor with the DA office and everything. And she just realized, like, what is life really about? Is it about impressing other people by having this huge resume or is it by actually doing the thing that's most meaningful to me? So, of course, what does she do? You know, she ended up writing an amazing book and, and focusing on the nonprofit. And it just wakes people up. And something I talk about all the time, I think this is super important to touch base on, is I, I love to say this. It's the five most important words you'll ever hear. But I say truer words have never been spoken, but they're probably not the words that you want to hear. And that is you are going to die. And I have to say that. And I think people, when they come on a trip like that, they have that same kind of realization of, I'm going to die, so what am I going to do with this life that I have? Yeah, wow. There was, I was thinking about the, you're personally, now it seems like you have a successful system going on right now with this, and it's, Wow how inspirational and intriguing and I'm imagining you're envisioning ways to make it even bigger or to allow even more easy entry <laughs> for more people. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm curious, is there something else or something that's really causing, calling your attention right now that you're most passionate, passionate about being a change for? And like for myself, I was telling you about the app. I really think there's a situation going on with social media and especially younger kids getting into it at such a young age. Like that we have this – I did a podcast with Parangi recently and we talked about this. But for the first time in humanity, we've never had such a refined design form of fire in our pocket, our fingertips, whenever we want young kids. And the, t the line between a tool and a weapon is pretty fine. It's a fine line between is this a tool for d uh, distraction or is this a or a weapon of distraction, or is this a tool for connection? And I'm like, that's my what I'm passionate about right now. For some reason, that's how I want to give to the humanity. I'm wondering if there's something, yeah, what's most personal on your end currently? And it might just be the house builds, but maybe there's something I don't know about. Yeah, I, this year my theme is simplify, and what I've learned through that process, I just knew at the end of last year. Every year has been the best year of my life so far. It just kind of stacks on top of each other. And so last year, no exception. And I found myself kind of going from one thing to the next to the next and not being as present as I wanted to be. So really having these experiences but realizing, I'm, I'm okay, something needs to shift. 
and what I what I was clear on is I, I need to remove I, need, I don't need to add new things I need to take them away and through that process of simplifying you and I were actually touching base on this before the podcast there's a lot that's revealed all of a sudden it's like I can kind of see again I can breathe again I can feel again of, of what is most exciting what is mine to do and what's come through that process of simplifying is empowering leaders. Like I, I, I touched on with what we're doing with the house builds. It's amazing that we've been able to build X amount of homes and have X amount of people come with us. What gets me really excited is knowing that there are other people who are out there starting to create the same thing. That's the goal. And so... I'm noticing how whether you know it's some of the businesses I'm consulting for or members of our greatness collective like to be able to help the leaders become better leaders and so that they're creating more and they're creating more it kind of becomes that it becomes truly exponential and so in terms of what I feel like is mine to do and the impact that I'm here to create it's really to help leaders become better leaders help leaders go from good to great yeah it's it's funny how it's challenging for me to describe our relationship but it always i felt like um mutual like we're going up the same mountain potentially in different paths and we our paths cross every once in a while and i've i definitely feel more affirmed in that vision than ever especially with what you're describing with that part that's why i really feel like we're doing with tribe design and I mean, I'm excited to one day get you on one of those yeah. and, or, and get me on one of your experiences and see how we can do great things together. And that shirt, do great things. Is that the shirt that you're, you produce for the greatness collective is from that's coming from there? Is that what that is about? Yeah. So it's our, our, our tagline is do great things and we have it trademarked and not a, a trademark in a sense of, you know, I want other people to use it. That's, that's not why we got it. It's just, it's more so the what it means (laughs) it's funny my uh, one of my mentors his name is john astaroff and he's in the do you know john i do i texted him today yeah yeah i'll have to send him a photo after this he's he's awesome and i remember one of the first conversations we had probably four or five years ago was we even made a little facebook (laughs) video and it was titled why the secret hurt more people than it helped I was like, that's interesting. You know, the secret, everyone knows the secret and the law of attraction and it's supposed to help all these people. But so why is John saying that this thing hurts more people than it helped? Well, he says it didn't have the law of Goya. He says it has the law of attraction, but not the law of Goya. And he calls the law of Goya, get off your butt, you know, his version of it. So how does that tie in with do great things? I am fascinated with the doing. I do think it comes down to the work that we do internally, but ultimately it's about what we do. And so hopefully when someone wears that shirt, when they wear the hat, when they see someone else wearing it, it's just a little reminder, you know, just, I studied psychology in my undergrad. So, you know, TOMA, top of the mind awareness. It's something, the more you see it, it's this kind of, we're training our RAS, the reticular activating system in our mind to how, you know, it's a, it's a subconscious check-in of, are you doing great things or are you inspiring other people to do it? Because I'm fascinated with action. Like my favorite quote, I'm a huge quote person. My favorite quote of all time is Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. And I think that's also something that's really cool in our relationship is, you know, we've known each other for years. 
we don't necessarily even have to talk about the things we're doing. It's just, I, I we see what each other are doing. I'm like, oh, cool. Here's this, like, here's what you're doing. And then here's the app of what you're doing. And you see people wearing the shirt and you see the house builds we're doing. So the actions and the ripples we create are indicative already of our character and what we're, we don't even have to talk about it because it's happening. So that's the goal is to hopefully inspire people to actually go out and do whatever they feel like is their thing to do. Yeah, that is uh, um, yeah, it's so, so fascinating to me. I'm, and I'm imagining you have other people like me, like other avatars or these archetypes that you're probably like, oh, yep, see you, see you, and probably on the next turn, <laughs> the next turnaround, right. where, whether that's in Encinitas or wherever in the heavens it is. And I think that's what I want to say about that is I imagine I used to think. For the things that I've done, that it would I would have been part of some sort of like secret club, like oh this is like the club of success where I just like walk in and there's everyone's just like throwing money and ideas, and I'm realizing there it actually was a lot of what you're talking about of letting things go, including relationships, and not and realizing that yeah I can I can team up with people and I can support people and I can design tribes and we can do all this stuff together, but at a certain point for whatever reason my life requires me to do things to like to actually do them and make decisions and take trips and book flights mm -hmm. and every time it hasn't been that easy and there wasn't a secret club it was more like a club uh, my, with the creator with me and the creator and whatever this is calling me to do like being affirmed like when I call when I take action on those great things even though there wasn't this secret club waiting me there was a secret code mm. there was like oh synchronicity like oh wow wow boom 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 meet I see people like you I'm like there's that guy Mike doing great <laughs> things <laughs> and here we are in Encinitas being able to talk about it it's a real honor yeah yeah I, I, I hear that I mean I think there's two really important points you touched on the first one is it's lonely. It can be lonely also. This whole, yeah, most people, society is, is operates in a state of good. I mean, we literally use that language. When you go to the store next time, notice you ask someone, how are you doing? Good. You know, how's, how's your relationship? Good. How's your life? Everything. Good, good, good. Good, good, good across the board. And great is, is not easy and it, it can be lonely. And one of our goals with, with creating Greatness Collective is for the people that want to play at that level, I want us to feel supported. Like, I think it's, there's, co the collective is powerful. For us to be able to sit here and talk about, very honestly, the not just the, the wins we're having, that's less important to me, but what are the actual challenges we're having? What are the things that we're struggling with right now? What are the things that we want to be accountable to and how do we support each other through that process? I think that that's super important. So I'm glad you touched on that. And it's great that you have a relationship with, you know, feeling like there's a synchronicity and a flow and, and a bigger picture. I think that that's a really important concept is kind of not feeling alone and at the same time having other people who share the same values as you that are there to support you. That's, that's like goal number one. Um, and then I don't remember what I was going to say about the second thing. You were talking about flow. And yeah, that, for whatever reason, that seems like to be a strong thread, that topic. And I think it's because of what you're talking about, getting leaders to become bigger leaders like one and me being an older brother and i think i've had this gift slash seduction to include everyone and every like everyone that can be a part of what i'm doing that wants to be a part of it let's do it but 
then I realized, and I, I guess maybe there's a way me and you were empathizing over this or something. I realized that sometimes there was decisions to make, like going to Argentina. Like I, if I didn't make that decision and do that, none of all the people they're signing up for it would have. There was no one else that was willing to do that. And right. something about me being able to say yes to that regardless is what created a new level of leadership for me. But it was there. It was a, like a lonely yeah, decision. Yeah, and, and it I, was a risk of being alone. Like absolutely, and I mean to your point, and I just I remembered the second thing I was going to say too. You know, you you made a decision which which is an action. You you chose to do something maybe most other people wouldn't choose to do, and I think that's really what separates good from great. Is you can talk about it all you want. Did you say it was Argentina that, where you went? Yeah, that's yeah. where. Well, that's where our next trip is planned. Yeah, that's so the next that's the uh, January third, New Year's Evolution Fest five. There you go. Tribe Design fourteen. Boom. And one every four. one of those, every one of those, took that kind of decision. It took someone being like, they're gonna this. Is, they they risk standing alone. Right. Well, let me ask you this: for how many people? Do you even talk to? I know that it, I I come across people like this all the time that are, that are saying I want to do that. One day I'm going to do that. I'm going to run a retreat, you know. And the difference between someone that that's doing it and not doing it is is exactly that. They took action. And the thing I was going to touch on it's a bit of a tangent, but it, it kind of ties in. You know, I I've made a very uh, verbal and kind of uh, uh, public goal of mine is to be sitting down with Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and Oprah to talk about how to solve some of the world's biggest challenges. And I, I made this goal a year and a half ago. So I, and I said it was my five year goal. So about three and a half years until that happens. And what I've realized is, um, I don't just want to be sitting at the table with them for the sake of being at the table with them. I don't want them to like, well, who's this guy sitting here? What I want to do is create so much value through who I am as a person, through what we're doing as a community, through the kinds of projects and companies that I'm involved with, that they go, oh yeah, of course I want, we want Mike there. Of course we value his input on some of these huge social environmental challenges we're facing. And it comes down again to, to action. It's like, who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to become? What kinds of things do I want to do to be at that table? And I think it all ties in together because, I mean, like who, you know, do you want to be as the, the facilitator of the experiences you're putting on and as the creator of your entire brand, you can't just sit around talking about it. You have to be booking the trips. You have to be going on them. You have to, if this is what you're teaching, you have to be out there doing it. And, you know, you are. Yeah, the, if I was going to call up the culture, the past culture that I used to experience, the one thing that I think people like to do more than traveling as a whole, and this is a stereotype. This is not for people. Like, I know pl plenty of people like you and me that this doesn't stand true for. But m the one thing that people like to do more about tra than traveling is talking about it. It's like <laughs> thinking about it, the past travels, thinking about the future travels, <laughs> having it on the calendar, <laughs> or having pictures of the other one. But the actual doing of uh, travel is there's uh, – that's a, it can be an initiation. It can be very initiation-like for a lot of people. And it is for me. I think I've just made made it more fun. It's like a habit of sorts yeah. now. Well, it's interesting you mention that because I found for an awakening or whatever term anyone wants to use, you know, waking up, uh, being, you know, enlightenment, whatever. I, I don't like any of these buzzwords, but for I think everyone understands what I'm saying. Like, starting to realize what's most important in life. 
I think there's three paths I found. Two of them are, are not pleasant. One is. First one is uh, death. Close call with one's own death. Close call with or some you know family member passing. A lot of times someone loses a mom or dad or grandma or grandpa and they just go whoa, like hey this like this life thing's very real and this death thing is very real. What do, what do I really want to do in this lifetime here? Sometimes you know it's it's even a close call with health or a friend or something. So that's kind of health and death is number one. The second one is a rock bottom with either drugs, alcohol, finances. A lot of times it's when someone's on their knees and they're just like. You know, they, they've reached the lowest point they feel like they can possibly reach. And then there's just this awakening that happens, and they realize what's most important. And then the third one, to your point, I found is actually travel. But, re, you know, meaningful travel is when someone just, just says, you know, I, I need to go there. I need to experience this culture. I've certainly found it to be true. The more I find that I explore, the larger of a world perspective I gain, and also the larger perspective I gain of my internal landscape. The more I learn about myself, like just there's something about it. I I don't even know what that specific element is, but I just know, you know, every time I'm on a plane and I'm looking out that window and looking at the clouds below, I'm just thinking and processing. And as I'm going through these experiences and learning about these different cultures and languages and people and food and everything, I'm just there's so much I'm learning about myself. And so to your point, just just book the trip. (laughs) Just just book it. Yeah, well, in a way, um, first of all, if someone wants to – all right, let me re- rewind. I believe that what you're experiencing and what I'm experiencing and why – one of the reasons that we probably both believe or put travel on such a high path, a high spiritual path or a high path for one's actualization, and maybe it's not for everyone, but it obviously seems to be resonant with us, um, is because we're living the dreams of our ancestors, like our recent ancestors. The dream to just be able to like push a few buttons and fly across the world to a new culture and get like shipped around safely. That you know, safely is God willing. Um, but just like the amount of freedom we have is so nuts. It is so nuts. It is like sometimes it boggles my mind when like I or someone I know has complained about like being in an airport or in traffic. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Man? Like, like, do you know how blessed <laughs> we are to be like, in these metal <laughs> containers flying through the sky at <laughs> 500 miles an hour? It's incredible. So I think that there's something to be said about celebrating the dreams, uh, the dreams and the work and the effort of our ancestors that did great things, that lived, that were part of that cycle of life and death. That, that is sometimes a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I was recently on uh, a podcast with uh, Jake. He's got this awesome podcast called Curious. And we talked for a while about this idea. I never really considered a little bit of what we're doing here, you know, thinking in real time, which is I, I, I prefer conversations like this. I don't like hand-scripted. I mean, I think everyone can tell, like, we're this is great because these thoughts are just coming up in real time. We're thinking and processing them in real time. So one of the things, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, um, that came up is things are just so easy these days that we, as a, and I'm speaking, this is a, a huge generalization, and I'm talking in the Western developed world, certainly not in you know, where people are suffering and not having access to basic needs and education, things like that. But in general, we almost don't know what real sacrifice or hard work is 
compared to our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation. I mean, I was in the Marines for five years, and I, that's certainly a level of sacrifice there, the kind of people that join and the reasons that they do and everything. But in general, I find that we've been so accustomed to things being so easy, like you said, the push of a button and you're on a plane, and, and people are complaining about not having Wi-Fi on a plane. You know, like, that's pretty or, dreamy. That's, you, can, you can push another button and make a, li- like a live broadcast to millions of people in another country while you're on that plane, right. if the Wi-Fi is good and, enough. And it's this double-edged sword because, you know, obviously with technology, it's designed to make our lives easier and make things more efficient and everything. But at the same time, have we made things so easy that when we encounter a challenge, like Wi-Fi going off on a plane, that we just, people lose their minds. Or people encounter, you know, a challenge in business or in life, and it just knocks them flat on the ground because they haven't built the resiliency, they haven't overcome adversity in order to overcome that. And again, this is a massive generalization. I don't want to, you know, downplay anyone's personal experience. People have experienced very challenging things, and it is all relative, right? Someone can experience, you know, a, a tough upbringing or domestic violence in their household, and that that has forged them into who they are. And I'm not saying I want people to experience really hard things like that. But what I am saying is I wonder if there's a way to build that type of resilience because our culture has seemed to shift much more towards things are easy. And we just want things easy. And when they become challenging, we're scared of them. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I I definitely – you're touching on a big topic here, and it is a bit scary of how people are growing up not only with the cell phone reality and where it's at. Like I was talking to someone today that has rehab centers, and one of their biggest clients is like digital detox. Like help, like some people, mm-hmm. like kids are having like withdrawal symptoms from video games. Like they can't even separate, and so. It is like there's a whole new – what it reminds me of, there's this awesome book. Dean Paskowitz, have you heard of this guy? Dean Paskowitz. He was like the doctor him. surfer that traveled around the world and just treated patients for free. He, just, mm-hmm. he traveled with like nine kids in an RV. Anyways, he has a book. It's called – it's a movie called Surfwise. And it says in the beginning – the very opening statement of the movie or the book was like man's biggest problem used to be not having enough food. Man's, man's biggest problem now is having too much food. Mm-hmm. And how what that means to me and what you're talking about, it's like may, maybe man's biggest problem more recently is not having the right information, mm-hmm. like being geographically isolated and not realizing maybe there's a truth behind <laughs> beyond what that person lived, learned, like just what your neighbors know yeah. about. So maybe that's how this whole you know conversation you know, that's the interwoven thread of everything that we've talked about. You and I are obviously both passionate about travel. We love impact. We love you're a huge proponent of fun, comfortable things that get you out. All of these things are designed to get you outside of a bubble, so to speak, whether it's a geographic bubble, whether it's kind of a psychological bubble because you're surrounded by the same group of people having the same conversations all the time. Maybe that's the secret sauce. Maybe that's why travel is so impactful because it very literally pulls you physically out of a bubble and puts you somewhere new and you're starting to understand how other people live. And so you go, oh, like I love the quote that a mind stretched in new dimensions never returns back to its old shape, right? So it's this idea of once we've experienced something, we can't unexperience it. We've, once we've seen, you know, people come down to Mexico and they see how people are living. 
and then all of a sudden I can't tell you the kinds of the calls, the texts, the emails that I get on a Monday after a house build and people go, oh my God, I'm so grateful for the shower. I'm so grateful to have toothbrush, hot water, a roof over my head. All of a sudden, those things were always there. They always had a toothbrush. They always had a shower. They had hot water. But, you know, they experience three days without it. They see all these people, this entire, you know, communities, communities living without it. And all of a sudden it becomes something that they're so grateful for. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, man, I know I'm watching the time closely. You got about five minutes, so I want to make sure I, we we're both this maybe this uh, path we're on sometimes demands making decisions with time too, which yeah. I think time is good at that point when you can use it to create experiences quickly. Boom, boom, boom. Keep going. And what's reminding me of what you're talking about is when we were in Nicaragua, and it kind of goes. But I've seen it both ways where. There's I I've seen people in conditions that seeming are super rough, but they seem much happier, and it's almost like a lot of times I think that there's a much more mutual exchange going on than people understand. Just oh. being able to see people that have that have more with less is like what you're saying is enlightening. Yeah, and for me, there, <coughs> you know, everything we've talked about today, I want to make sure we're not. Nothing is black and white. Nothing is you know on or off, this or that. It, it's very much an and conversation. I think even the general generalizations that we're speaking in, they're, these are and conversations. And what I mean by that is I absolutely have found being in places like Cambodia, in these rural parts of Kenya, in these small communities and villages in Mexico, El Salvador, all these places, often the people with that seemingly have the least have the biggest hearts, have the biggest smiles, have what what feels to be the most joy of anywhere I found. And there's this very important line, I think, a baseline, which I'm personally passionate about, which is the basic human needs. I think that you know, when people ask me if I had, you you got asked the question at the beginning of the show of if you had one wish, and yes, you asked for more wishes. That's great. <laughs> you know, if, if you kind of had to stick to the rule and you couldn't ask, you know, you couldn't, uh, yeah, get more wishes. My wish would be that we actually uh, completely eliminate unnecessary suffering from the planet. And by unnecessary suffering, I mean it's it, legitimately the the people of the world that don't have access to clean water, the people in the parts of the world that go days or weeks without food, you know, the people that, that don't have these very, very basic needs met. Because I feel like after those needs are met and you have a community, this is what I found through my travel and through the impact work that we've done, then there can be a baseline level of happiness. And when you feel like you have that kind of support from your community and you have your basic needs met, then it's great. And then we've obviously shown on the far end of that, it's almost the more stuff that we have in our Western world, the more that we pile up stuff, then our happiness starts to drop again. So there's this kind of bell curve of when we have the things that we feel like we want and need and we have that strong community to support us, that's when we feel the happiest. And then when we're far below that line, we drop in happiness. And then when we're far past that line, we tend to drop in happiness too, unless we're using those resources to create some type of impact. 
Well, man, with the little time we have left, I trust that people are as inspired as I am to get And It reminds me, once I like these loops that we're making, like with Naveen Jain, I think about his perspective that we've probably all shared together in different ways is like solve the biggest problem for the most amount of people. And that's what I'm hearing you re-inspire, like, you know, how can I and how can people listening to this use this infinite power of creativity and to be able to do things with that creativity to get the basic needs met for our fellow companions on earth. At least that, at yeah. least that. And I, I'm inspired by that. And I wanted to process that. I, what do you think about the idea that man's biggest problem used to be not having enough information and now man's biggest problem is having too much information? I completely agree. There's something there that's like, and I think we're coming out of an emotional dark age, but we are coming into this age of like, people better wake up to what's going on. And I think one way to do that for sure is traveling, especially with meaningful travel and, and learning of what, what's going on with other people outside of our bubbles. Yeah. And do they need our support and do we need their support? And let's do it. Yeah, do great things. Do great things. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, if you Google Mike Sherbakov or look up Greatness Collective, all all the – Instagrams, the websites, all the trips, all that kind of stuff's on there. All right, we'll put that in the show notes. And man, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm excited for you to enjoy your workout and for me to enjoy Davina. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Uh, much love to you. Thanks, keep, man. Keep doing it. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. 